When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to NFL Live, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Less than four hours from kickoff of Monday Night Football. You see it there in Seattle. The exclamation point to week one with Russell Wilson and the Broncos in Seattle. How will the 12th man receive their former QB? Well, we're going to find out soon. And welcome to NFL Live, the season finally upon us. Week one in the books, the squad is back together. Mina Kimes, Marcus Spears, Dan Orlowski, Adam Schefter joins us in moments. Dan yes. is wiping off our new desk. New I don't desk. know if it's I know. The yet. colors, look how much closer we are. I could be like, what up, MK? MK, man, what up, you ready? left me hanging. Okay, no, it's never, all good. never. This table far. Yeah, it's this cool. desk is nice. Thanks to ESPN for a new table. I like the Cowboys. All right, tons of news to get to. We'll get to the Cowboys. Also, big man Ballin making its triumphant return here. But first, I said those Cowboys. Sorry, Marcus. Dak Prescott injured his thumb last night, is scheduled to have surgery today. Sources told our Cowboys reporter Todd Archer. More on this from Adam Schefter in just a moment. The dark cloud in Dallas right now is real. Here's Jerry Jones on his quarterback. Dak will be out for a little while, and so um, uh, we'll be dealing with that as well. So uh, this was a, a really tough night for the Cowboys, but uh, and, and a really uh, a surprising night. But uh, uh, of course, really add to it right there at the end to uh, lose him for several weeks. Yes, he has an injury above his joint and his thumb up here. That'll need surgery. Got a minus going right now, don't we? Real big. So uh, the pluses, uh, but uh, that's this game. Uh, this is, uh, uh, of course, just a start. We're working on getting Adam Schefter from Seattle, so that coming your way in a little bit. But the reports say six to eight weeks that Dak Prescott will be out. Marcus, what are your emotions? Uh-huh. It's the first time I'm lost for words <laughs> because I know what's coming with this injury. Like, we watched this movie two years ago, mm. by the way, y'all. Um, it, it's just so much. But going into the game, Dak didn't play well before the injury. But y'all know I sat here all offseason and was like, listen, I know he's been injured. He's been out. Tyron Smith is the most important, second most important player on this football team. And coincidentally, pressure is why your quarterback is out six to eight weeks this season. And then, then I mean, we talked the game, just not having enough pieces. And I was going to go on this epic rant. But what I will say is this. This is what the Dallas Cowboy fans have to come to grips with now. You are not in position to win Super Bowls. All right, now. You're talking before the injury? Before the injury or after the be, before the injury, after the injury, but before the injury. Mina and I did a show together. We talked about how stagnant and what the Cowboys didn't do. And then you look across the rest of this league and teams that are really vying to try to win Super Bowls, okay? The Las Vegas Raiders go out and get Devontae Adams. Years ago, the Buffalo Bills go out and get Stephon Diggs. Hmm. Then this year, they signed Von Miller. Los Angeles Rams goes and gets Odell Beckham Jr. They signed Von Miller as well. They get Bobby Wagner this offseason. You start looking all across this league. 
The Cincinnati Bengals, our offensive line is weak and we went to the Super Bowl. Let's spend $190 million fixing this offensive line, even though they weren't that impressive this Sunday. But you look across this league, and this is what the Cowboy fans have to start asking themselves. Are you really in position to win a Super Bowl, or are you just on a roller coaster to enjoy a season and know that it's going to come to a screeching halt? Let me answer it for you. It's going to come to a screeching halt if this team continues to operate like they are with bringing in players to play this game at the level you need to to win championships. I like how you said you were going to give I a know. rant, go on an epic rant, and then we got there anyway. <laughs> you literally did, because I got hey, more. Hey, <laughs> more from these two in a moment, but I'm let's sorry, get y'all. Adam Schefter in here. He's out in Seattle yeah. for Monday Night Football. Adam, what more can you add on Dak's injury in the timeline here? Well, Lori's having the surgery today. Mike McCarthy, the Cowboys head coach, is about to address the situation with reporters in Dallas. But Todd Archer, our reporter for ESPN Nation, reported last night that multiple sources, multiple, told him that the timeline is expected to be six to eight weeks. So if you look at the Cowboys' schedule, there's a bye, I believe, in week nine before they play at Green Bay. That would knock Dak out for the next seven games and then give them the extra bye week to get ready before they have to travel to Green Bay to get ready for a game against the Packers. In the interim, the Cowboys executive, Stephen Jones, has said the Cowboys will evaluate all quarterback options. But let's stop and think about that. Who is really an option at this time of the year? Jimmy Garoppolo would have to waive his no-trade clause in San Francisco to go to Dallas. Why would he want to waive his no-trade clause to go to a team right now that's battered on the offensive line, that doesn't look like it has a lot of wide receiver help, that's expecting Dak back later in the season. I don't know that he would do that. What other options out there? Are there Mason Rudolph in Pittsburgh? The bottom line is the Dallas Cowboys are stuck with Cooper Rush and Will Greer to try to save their season now that Dak Prescott is going to be sidelined roughly two months. As you can hear there, Adam out in front of Monday Night Football, they're rehearsing the national anthem. More from Adam coming later on in the show. And Mina, you heard what Adam was talking about there. Just the options for the Cowboys, but it all goes back to them, to Marcus's point, failing to upgrade in the offseason. What are your thoughts there? I mean, I don't want to say they're cooked. They cook. They're on the pan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The oil is there. Yeah, the yeah. seasonings are there. Someone's just got to light the match. I've, I've seen people point out that Cooper Rush won. <laughs> and she's won back. <laughs> I'm just. Tell, you tell the truth. That's was, what you're doing. He was so negative, he kind of took the fun out of it for me. I'm not going <laughs> to lie already. No, um, Cooper Rush, who is essentially their starting quarterback right now. Um, yeah, so, so he won a game last year. To me, the more relevant statistic is that since coming into the NFL, when he is pressured, he has a QBR of five. And? Mm. Five, folks. And a lot of that is because mm, he good. takes sacks at an exceptionally high rate. 30% of the time he's pressured, it turns into a sack. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but the 2014 Cowboys offensive line is not walking through that door. So on this particular team, with the dearth of weapons, I don't see a backup quarterback succeeding. Maybe if they were their old roster, you could put in a backup, and in the defense, which actually looked decent, could hold up for some games. But with this roster, it just does not. That's why the Cowboys have questions that they have to answer internally. Number one is our offensive line as bad as it looked yesterday. That's the question. Is Tyler Smith going to play better than he did? Now, that's a dominant defensive line and blitz package that they saw with Tampa. Because if the answer is yes, then the second question is, is Michael Gallup going to be back relatively soon? Because I watched last night this team on third and short early in that football game, get into a four-by-one set and throw a slant to Dennis Houston. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but no matter who the quarterback is, that's not a good matchup versus Carlton Davis. If you believe that your offensive line is going to play better and then you believe that Michael Gallup's going to be back, 
you got to go make a call to Baltimore and see if you can pull Tyler Huntley out of there. The likelihood, I do not I know. Say, why would Baltimore do that? That's They're a, a fair question. Yeah. But that's a fair question. But if you don't, if you're Dallas, you're wasting a cheap year of Trayvon Diggs. You're wasting a cheap year of Micah Parsons. And you're Ooh. telling your football team, we're done, fellas. We're not trying to win this year. I'm not even a Cowboys fan. And just putting it on paper, saying it out loud, it's frustrating. Well, listen, it, it, my, it's, it's the performance is the performance, right? We saw teams come out week one and have bad performances. Right. We watched the Rams have a bad performance. Sure. We expect. We believe they could fix it. But we knew. We've been talking about this for months. Dallas is doing nothing. Y'all know. I'm, every time a move was made, I'm on Twitter. Hey, go get Debo. Go get Julio. Go get right, nothing. Right. And this is where you are. The time to get a, a replacement was the offseason. Four months. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Didn't do it. Okay, on the other side of this game was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's remind you exactly what they did with Tom Brady out there once again. And, of course, this one, a rematch of last season's week one game. Brady was ready to go. You saw the intensity sort of dial in for him. Nine minutes left in the first. Brady finding Godwin there, Dan. They wanted to get it early to Godwin. He looked really good fresh. You didn't know if he was going to play, right? The quick screen. You could see the explosiveness and the burst in his legs. To the second quarter, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys trailing 6-3. to three. And Prescott at this point trying to find CeeDee Lamb the first down. But Antoine Whitfield Jr. had other plans right there. My goodness. Poor decision. You got to leave the pocket because of pressure. It's zone defense. Multiple eyes are watching what you're doing with the football. You throw it right to 31. That's an early takeaway for that defense. Let's go to the third. Less than four minutes left there. Same score. First and goal for the Bucks. And my goodness, to Mike Evans for Tom Brady. How about the how about the fade there, Mina? <laughs> Well, if it's Mike Evans, it's okay. If it's a Hall of Famer, <laughs> yeah. it's okay. He's got that mismatch. There are excusable fades out there. Either way, the Bucks go on to win this one 19-3. But if you heard Tom Brady afterward, he said he expects a lot more out of himself even next time around. Elsewhere in the NFC, Kevin O'Connell making his debut as the Vikings head coach as they host the Packers. An opening drive for the Vikings. Fourth and one on the Packers' four-yard line. Kirk Cousins to Justin Jefferson dance. Story of the day was motion out of Kevin O'Connell for this offense. I have no idea the miscommunication communication that happens with Green Bay's defense and not covering one of the best receivers in football. Easy touchdown for Minnesota. Trying to see who's going to fill Devontae Adams' shoes and Aaron Rodgers finds Christian Watson there. The deep ball, but Watson drops it. Look at his pinkies. I mean, just Put the pinkies pass. together. Put hands together, big fella. I know that. I ain't played tight end in 100 years. You were good when you did, though. Okay, uh, less than a minute left in the first half. Vikings lead 10-0. Cousins off play action, finding a wide open. I'm actually Jefferson. fired up to break this one down tomorrow with RC on Touchscreen Tuesdays. This is really good design. Again, motion, play action. You get one of the best receivers in football completely uncovered in space. Dan, you called it. Vikings take care of the Packers 23-7. And the Vikings defense frustrated Rodgers all day long. The key was they were able to get to him without even blitzing. Rodgers pressured 10 times. Nine of those came when Minnesota sent four or fewer pass rushers. And when that pressure came, Rodgers unable to connect with his young wideouts as he completed only one of mm. six attempts for 12 yards and an interception. He was also sacked four times. So, Marcus, where does the blame lie? when you look at the Packers offense yesterday. One, let me get this out before everybody go crazy. Christian Washington should have caught the damn ball. That's yeah. that's that's right. a benign point. We all understand that. Maybe a little bit of time and effort this offseason with these young guys. We talked about this receiving core. It ain't nothing new. We was like, they are going to have problems without Devontae Adams being there. I pointed to last year in the playoff game against the San Francisco 49ers. D'Amico Rans took Devontae Adams away, and the 
Green Bay Packers offense looked like it looked this week. Right. That's what it looked like. So you have to build rapport. And the, the one thing I noticed, and it's not, it's not something that's 100% guaranteed, but I know when you're trying to usher in new wide receivers, you have the type. We are not going to blame Aaron Rodgers for his play. He's elite. He's one of the best we've seen. But I am going to blame him for not putting some time in with these guys and then coming out week one looking like they look with no sync and energy towards each other in this game. We'll put a pin in that because there's more on the Packers throughout the week. But let's switch gears, Mina, to the Vikings. What did you like from their offense? Gosh, so much. <laughs> I mean, for me, the, the three biggest stories from week one offensively were Patrick Mahomes looking like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen looking like Josh Allen, and then Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Like, if you haven't already bought your ticket for Offensive Player of the Year, that train has left the station. <laughs> we spent the whole summer talking about how uh, Kevin O'Connell might use him in the Cooper Cup role, and you saw some of that, but I also saw a lot of Devontae Adams in mm. his usage. The way O'Connell was able to okay. hide him in some of those stacks and bunches at the goal line, the double motion. Yeah. Adams versus Jalen Ramsey last year. And it's so creative, and it's going to just send his production to outer space. My, my one question coming out of this, and I'm curious to hear RC's thoughts on this tomorrow, are if you're a defense and you're primarily a zone defense like Green Bay, but you've got a cornerback like Jerry Alexander, who's a true number one do you stick with your zone or do you put him on him? Because I have to think the Packers, based on what happened yesterday, might be rethinking that approach. A quick answer to that is Adam Thielen comes into play for that conversation as well mm -hmm. if you decide to do that. You um, don't want to die that way, though. Yeah, right. We saw yesterday. <laughs> if it's not broken, don't fix it. And I, That's really my thought process with Kevin O'Connell coming out of that game because a lot of the things he did are kind of from the tree that we saw last year in Minnesota. I mean, all the motion that happened at the snap with the play-action pass. I was watching it yes, last night going, man, this is love. We've talked about this for like two years. And also the reality that I loved what he did with Justin when he came to – like he played outside a lot, outside a lot, Justin, yeah, yesterday. Yeah. But it wasn't outside like, hey, you're outside the numbers by yourself. Sometimes it was inside the numbers. That's Sometimes true. it was in between the numbers yeah. and the hash. Sometimes it was just at the hash by himself. So just a really good job of changing the split that he was in. Like this is a beautiful job because then it gives him total space to go move. There's that play action with the motion, Mina. You know, like there's so much for the defense to have to think about. I kept looking at Justin Jefferson last night and, and thinking to myself, this is this is what we thought Odell Beckham Jr. would be. Right? Mm -hmm. Like like in, in this type of offense, what For we sure. not and, and, and he's so long. So long but the way he was working the middle of the field, Mina talking about the zone. It's huh. just he was working in his defense with his skill set and his talent, like we saw OBJ doing in the, uh, with the Los Angeles Rams in the Super Bowl. Right. That's what I was that's what was familiar to me. I RC, like, RC and I were talking about it today. So many receivers go like when they're trying to set you on their stem, it's quick, short, choppy steps. He weaves with these <laughs> long <laughs> steps yeah. that yeah. create and that's that's why the yeah. split is so it doesn't matter because he can cover yeah. so much different ground. All right, so I'm going to make you guys T-shirts. On the front, it's going to say pre-snap motion. On the back, it's going to say this is loved. Would you guys like that? <laughs> Anybody I buy home, it. you want to buy it? Buy okay, it. yeah, you're not getting it for free. Taste. Hey, we have a packed show coming your way, starting with the Chiefs. No Tyreek, no issues for the man they call Patrick Showtime Mahomes. Marcus thinks that offense actually got better, and he'll tell you why. Plus, it was anything but a hot start for Joe Burrow and the Bengals. The quarterback sacked seven times and turned it over a few too. Dan shows us why he couldn't trust his eyes. Yeah. It's all next. NFL Live is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more.
Monday Night Football is back tonight. Russell Wilson returning to Seattle to lead the Broncos against the Seahawks. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman make their Monday Night Football debut with Lisa Salters on the sideline. 8 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Plus. Peyton and Eli also back on ESPN2. And then coverage begins with Monday Night Countdown at 6 Eastern on ESPN. Lisa Salter is joining us now. So glad to have you, Lisa. We love having you here on NFL Live on these Mondays. And in a short while, Russell Wilson's going to arrive on the visitor's bus to Lumen Field there. What are Wilson, his current team, and his former team saying about what tonight may be like? What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yeah, Laura. Well, ever since this popped as a week one matchup back in May, we've seen both sides trying to downplay all the hype, but there's just, there's just no getting around it. Russell Wilson returning to Seattle in a Broncos uniform is storyline number one, number two, and number three for this game. Pete Carroll said he's not expecting to feel any kind of shock or discomfort seeing Russell over on the other sideline. He's over there and we're over here, Carroll said. But he did add, there's no one I like beating more than the people I know the best. Now, the Broncos players I talked to this week said Russell Wilson, as you would expect, didn't really say anything to them about his return to Seattle. But running back Javante Williams said he could tell that this game does mean something to Russell because he said he was doing less laughing and joking in the locker room and spending more hours locked away by himself in the film room with his two and three notebooks worth of study. I could definitely see that he's locked in, Williams said. Now, Russell has said he's going to be looking at tonight as a celebration of everything he was able to accomplish in Seattle. He said he's grateful for his time here, that it's going to be a special moment to return to where his NFL career started, and that he's looking at this next chapter as Russell 2.0. The last 10 years were amazing, Wilson said, and now the next 10 years have to be even better. Laura? Lisa, I know you never want to make anything about yourself. It's what makes you such a great broadcaster. But I just want to point out to people that this is Lisa's 11th season yes. as the reporter on Monday Night Football. That is a record, <laughs> by the way. We just want to say congratulations, and you're the best to do it. 
Thank you, guys. Thank you, Swag. Miss Lisa, congratulations. I can't wait to see you. Thank and I you. owe you some merchandise. I'm going to have to put 11th year on there, though. <laughs> oh, Thank 11. you. Appreciate you both. Yes, Appreciate absolutely. you both. Congratulations. Thank you, Laura. I appreciate Many more. That. And by the way, you can see Lisa tonight, of course, of course, with Joe and Troy. That at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Let's get back to yesterday. Some week one games we still want to get into. Chiefs and Cardinals. And the Cardinals blitz Patrick Mahomes on 51% of his dropbacks yesterday. That's the most of any team that blitz Mahomes in his career. So I do say an mm-mm for a strong reason. That was a bold strategy. Mahomes made him pay as all five of his touchdown passes were against the blitz. That's tied for the most touchdown passes that any player has had against the blitz in a single game since ESPN began tracking that in 2006. Marcus, you like what you see out of Mahomes and Tyreek Hill in game one? Yeah, all I was thinking was... without, excuse me? I, I, all I was thinking was defense coordinator Vance Joseph for the Arizona Cardinals was thinking about old Mahomes, uh. who was going to try to extend and stretch everything and these blitzes and pressures would get to him. But he was throwing the ball around and spreading it around. Patrick Mahomes threw touchdowns to the fans, to the people that work at the stadium, <laughs> to the concessions, custodial staff, everybody. But what, the great thing about what he did was efficient. He didn't press. He took what was there and, and what was available. And that's something we talked about with them last year is that he was pressing, looking for that big play. And that's the part of not having having Tyreek Hill that he's had to advance with, and it showed up big against the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, listen, Mina just said it. It's like one of the things you know after week one is Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I'm not sure if anybody should have ever doubted that. Let's continue with the AFC West, you guys, as we get to walk down the stairs, which is one of Swagoo's favorite things that we do here on oh, this God. show. It's this so is nervous. a vision that we have been so excited about seeing what they would actually look like. Let's go to Chargers and Raiders because Justin Herbert's performance was another one that caught our attention on this week one. Yes. The Raiders pressured Justin Herbert 49% of his dropbacks yesterday. The second highest pressure rate that Herbert has faced in a game in his career, but Herbert unfazed. He completed 69% of his passes with two touchdowns when pressured. Of the 17 dropbacks in which Herbert was pressured, he was not sacked once. That's pretty nice. Uh, Dan, what did you like about Herbert's performance yesterday? Well, his game was more impressive than watching you walk down those stairs. Five throws yesterday <laughs> that made me say, wow. Honestly, watching the ball leave his hands looks like Captain Marvel flying through outer space. Just absolute gas. The one before the half was my favorite. Okay, you're going to get a seam by your slot receiver. Now, it's going to be Tampa 2 by the defense. Middle linebacker run through. Safety to the field's really got high and wide. Justin's got to make sure that he catches the ball, moves that safety, get width to create a little bit more of a seam. Now, the ball's got to come out on time. Ball snapped at the 24. You really want to catch this ball right around the 8-yard line or let this go around the 8-yard line and throw it in between that safety and middle linebacker out on time because it's the red zone. That was one throw. There were four or five more just like it. Justin Herbert looked absolutely tremendous, and he carried their team to a win. All right, on the other side of this matchup was Derek Carr. He was sacked five times through three interceptions. We've been really excited to see what Carr would do, of course, now having Devontae Adams. But what went wrong for him in this game? Yeah, this is an underwhelming performance from the new-look uh, Raiders. And I thought that blame could be evenly split between Derek Carr and the offensive line. And that was display on their last drive. You see this sack that he takes unnecessarily. He has – oh, pardon me, before the fumble. He has Mac Collins oh, – oh, that, that's the fumble, actually. Um, okay, so – Here's the first sack. So he has, okay, no, still the bumble, never mind. All right, so the second sack was really because the offensive line caved on the right side. Prior to that, he actually had Mac Hollins for the third down, but he was staring down Darren Waller, which is unfortunately a phenomenon you saw 
few two times during this game, him staring down Adams or Waller when he had other options. That's something that has to change. The offensive line, though, I'm uh, a little bit worried about because that doesn't appear to be changing anytime soon. Yeah, it's interesting when you get these star receivers and you're a quarterback trying to figure it out, you, you feel like you got to force it to him sometimes. I think we see that factor in with these guys. They'll figure it out when it matters most, though, hopefully, if you're a Raiders fan. we got more coming your way here on NFL Live, and we get into everything you need to know about two teams losing their biggest stars. Here's why Marcus and Dan say the Cowboys and Steelers seasons are over before they even really started. You're watching NFL Live, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Monday Night Countdown crew is back with two rookies joining the show. They're not rookies like though for real. Uh, Robert Griffin III and Larry Fitzgerald join Susie Booger, Steve Young, Alex Smith, and Adam Schefter. They'll get you set for Broncos Seahawks with a two-hour pregame show. It all starts at 6 Eastern on ESPN and the app. Don't miss it. Hey, each week on NFL Live, we'll spotlight the NFL's high school coach of the week, and the Seattle Seahawks have selected Coach Blake Van Dalen from Linden High. The Linden Lions finished their 2021 season with a 12-1 record and won their first Washington State title Let's under call, Coach Van Dalen, the school's first since 2013. Congratulations. Be a little bit Time happier. now <laughs> for a FanDuel same-game parlay, and we go to Dan for this. Dan, let's roll right through this, okay? Over under 250 passing yards tonight for Russ. I'm going to go over. Over, I think the return to play action pass chunks make it happen. Over under 60 receiving yards for Jerry Judy. I'm going to go under because Cortland Sutton has a big game in the screen game for the backs. Okay, does DK Metcalf score a touchdown? Absolutely, just because Mina Kimes is sitting next to me. <laughs> you got scared fired. Thanks, Dan. Let's go to new one. I'm, I'm a realist. Yeah, you are. We're about to get to that in a second. We got this new information in on the show. 49ers running back Elijah Mitchell expected to be mm. sidelined about two months with a sprained MCL that he mm. suffered Sunday at Chicago per league sources and there's a lot of other information to get to uh, when it comes to injuries we'll get those from Adam in just a minute in fact right now so let's get to more of those top stories Adam you're out there in Seattle ahead of Monday Night Football talk to me about what we need to know beginning with Dak Prescott Listen, he's got the thumb injury. He's having the thumb surgery today, Laura. The Dallas Cowboys are evaluating their quarterback options. The primary plan right now seems to be going with Cooper Rush and Will Greer. They'll add another quarterback, it looks like. But Dak Prescott, on the basis of what multiple sources told Todd Archer of ESPN last night, will be out for six to eight weeks, which means we may not see him till week 10 at 
Green Bay. And the New England Patriots had scans done on the back of Mac Jones, but that injury is not thought to be serious. I'm told that the scans came back normal and that they're going to monitor him throughout the week, and they're still hoping that he'll be able to play this Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that really looks like the best-case scenario right now for New England. In that game, they'll be going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who will not have T.J. Watt. Now, the question is how long Watt will be sidelined. He does have the torn pec muscle right now. If he needs surgery, then he will be sidelined for the remainder of the season. If he doesn't get the surgery, it'll be about six weeks. Doctors are still reviewing whether or not he needs that surgery. He's scheduled to get a couple more opinions tomorrow. And after he has all the information, he can then make a decision. And the Pittsburgh Steelers also awaiting word on another injury today to their running back, Najee Harris, who left the game yesterday with a foot injury to the same foot that he suffered a Liz Frank mm. injury this summer, which he had recovered from, but it's the same foot now. The Steelers didn't sound concerned last night. But something tells me I don't like the sounds of all that. Yeah, you say the same foot to a foot that already had a Liz Frank, and, and that does make you a little yeah. worried. Thanks, Adam, for the latest there. Lots going on around the league. Let's continue with that Steelers-Bengals game. Look, guys, we're going to pick it up with four seconds left in the game, which I think probably speaks to what happened in it. Bengals down 20-14, to 14, the ball in the red zone. Joe Burrow looked right and hit Jamar Chase. I was shocked they did not double cover him there, and I think the Bengals are going to win that game. And then Mika Fitzpatrick. Boom comes in and saves the day for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Marcus, he's so instinctual. Doesn't matter what's going on on the field. I mean, dude been like that since he was at the University of Alabama, but he just understands the game. He yeah. plays ahead of, a guy, of guys most of the time. We head to overtime with Jamar Chase. Breathing a sigh there. Uh, Bengals with the ball in overtime, third and three. Burrow, complete pass to Hayden Hurst here. I love the escapability out of the pocket and then that high throw to Hayden Hurst to get his feet down. All right, so later in the drive, McPherson once again. <laughs> this one should be automatic, Mina. But it's not. <laughs> so there Laces, we are. Laces, Mina. Sorry, get him out. Unfortunately, he can't believe it. Turn, Steelers turn, over. turn. Oh, gosh, oh, boy. Oh. All right, so here we go again. My uh, kids were going nuts watching this game. tied, guys. There at 20 to 20. Ensuing drive for the Bengals. A minute 30 left in overtime. Third and fourth from the Steelers. 38. Burrow sacked and fumbled. The Steelers another shot. So what would they do with it? Third and one, 35 seconds left in overtime. Mitchell Trubisky abating the rush, connecting there again. It's a great job because he knows he's got the free play because the offsides by Cincinnati's defense and finding a way to get that ball downfield. Fryermuth comes back to make a big catch. Anybody's kicker going to win it? Well, uh, turns out Pure. Boswell's going to bang it in for the win. Steelers win 23 to 20 in overtime. What a game. I mean, that one o'clock window was absolutely Ooh. wild, and we were going nuts over it. But, Dan, what did the tape tell you about those interceptions for Burrow? Because there are the people out there that say, oh, man, look at him. He's throwing all these eyes. I think if you're the Bengals, honestly, you feel great about the game. You, you, you had five takeaways or turnovers and seven sacks. Joe Burrow is not going to have bad eyes again. This is what this play is about. Short to Jamar Chase, taken. Outside leverage on the corner. Everybody is out of the end zone. He gets to number three on that in route all the time. Did not see the field well. Fourth and six. That nickel corner's just got vision on Joe Burrow. Usually Joe does something to manipulate him. He just stares at that number three receiver on the stop route. That is an easy interception. Joe Burrow played the worst game of his career. And he did it by doing something that he does great. The worst I've ever seen him do it, and that's mm. seeing the field. Mm. He looked like a player that hadn't played football in eight months, that missed mm. two or three weeks because of surgery in training camp and hasn't practiced much. Joe Burrow will be so much better from week one to week two. The biggest concern in Cincinnati is how that new offensive line protected him. Um, and, and two, the Steelers have played pretty good defense here recently in my sure. life. Sure. Hello. 
Um, ultimately, the offensive line was where my eyes went because obviously that was the talk of what we had last year about that improvement and then seeing where this team could actually go out beyond going to the Super Bowl after he was harassed and sacked nine times in one game against the Titans. I hope that this is continuity. I hope that this is just a process of these guys understanding how to play with each other, understanding how Joe Burrow likes to play, and, and, and really getting in sync. The one concerning part I had about the offensive line was that they were able to not able to get a lot of movement in the run game. They didn't run it at all. Yeah, Joe Mixon had 27 carries, though, for Can I 83 ask you, how yards. How many, how many that, better that O-lines will they see in the AFC? Um, I mean, defensive lines. You know, TJ and, and Cam Hayward well, you, and Highsmith, like – is that one of the better units they that they're going to so see? Much success running on them last year. I mean, they've, it's, they've got all the well, was the players back, but I think I think um, I, pro, pro, Baltimore just, better than them. No, on the defensive front. Uh, well, Baltimore, like, Baltimore, like don't, most of the D lines don't have a Watt and a Hayward, right? You got to deal with Miles Garrett which was a problem area for you with TJ. Right. And obviously, when you go to Baltimore, Calais, they they more deep in the middle than the, than uh, the, the defensive line and the edge rushers. But look, man, I. Joe Burrow may be in that same phase we've seen quarterbacks where now you got to figure something else out yeah. a little a little bit of the time. So you mentioned most D-lines are not going to have a Watt and a Hayward. We don't know what's going on with T.J. Watt. And you heard Adam saying they're going to wait for some information. Maybe he doesn't need surgery. But how does that affect the Steelers in your mind, Mina? It's everything. I mean, with Watt, they are a playoff team. I actually feel comfortable. I was going to say borderline playoff team, but they're actually a playoff mm -hmm. team. Honestly, the defense... I think looks much better than they did last season. I thought the secondary played really well yesterday. Um, we know how good that front is with Cam Hayward. But offensively, and I would say this with or without the injury, I would seriously consider making a change at quarterback right now. Wow. I, I might say that that's a week one overreaction. But yesterday, Mr. Bisky, he looked about as reliable as I was during that tape to tape when you said my <laughs> name. Honestly, like. Dude, I mean, he honestly, just kind of looked like Mitch Trubisky we've seen. The, the Mitch Trubisky we've seen. Pardon me. Um, shaky decision-making, struggles under pressure, at times not seeing the field well. And I'm not saying Kenny Pickett would necessarily be an immediate upgrade based on what we saw in the preseason, but he's got to develop some point. Yeah. Why not start now? You've got the skill players. The mm. offensive line is going to be shaky no matter who's under center. Uh, in your defense, uh, what else are you supposed to say? Wide left? Like, well, it was, I mean, well, I mean well, you know. Well, like, offense was bad because it might have been a blowout <laughs> if it wasn't. Hey, coming up on NFL Live. <laughs> It'll be okay. Stop it. The McDaniel era begins in Miami after a dominating win over Bill Belichick's Patriots. Dan, Mina, and Marcus, tell us why the Dolphins' defense defined the game. You're watching NFL Live, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. You ever Look done that, that fun in Seattle? Dan, you did that before. I did that I one, Dan. Not. I caught it. No big deal. I have not. Uh, Hands of a baby. Dan. Oh, it. Oh, you got it. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Fighting Spirit Moment is brought to you by Modelo, brewed for those with a fighting spirit. Man, you see the bears out there in all that rain. And how about Justin Fields showing the fighting spirit against the 49ers? Hey, uh, sloppy, sloshy field. Made it no fun problem. to win, though. Look at that. Well, first of all, that's a touchdown. It's like when you were young. Just like when you Slip and slide. That was a great play design on third and two to get Equinemius St. Brown out. And then that's Let's how you go. celebrate. That's that cool, man. So fun. That's I wonder, cool. I wonder if he went further than he was expecting. That's a big win. <laughs> He's for like, him. wow. Yeah. I went like yeah. 10 yards. All right, let's get to Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins. This call on fourth and seven had Tyreek Hill referencing wheelbarrows and other things. We'll leave out, but check Whoa. the tape. Gutsy mm. and against Bill mm. Belichick. Why not? Mina, um, I kind of felt like inject all that into my veins. I know you loved it. <laughs> what about the call by McDaniel? Oh, I love the whole debut from Mike McDaniel. I just mm -hmm. want to start there. He did what Marcus Spears does when you invite him over. He brought that yak ah! all the way from San Francisco. <laughs> And, and he brought that She's yak, had by that the in her way. For six well, months. he brought it on this uh, key fourth down. But I thought actually the whole sequence is notable because it really told the story of the two teams. Before that, a couple plays when Matthew Judon sacked, right, yeah, yeah sacked Tua Tagovailoa. Notably, Bill Belichick did not call a timeout yeah. a minute left because he knew, perhaps correctly, his offense wasn't going to get it done. Mm. Mike McDaniel, on the other hand, had total confidence in his offense's ability to pick up that fourth and seven because they had been getting those yak yards after the catch mm. all game long. And of course, Jalen Waddle turns that slant into a touchdown, pardon me, because it was a perfectly thrown ball and he has the burners to do so. And that's something I want to see from them all season because it's something they showed us they're entirely capable of. Yeah, unlike you taking Marcus's hotel room, I liked a lot of the things that the Dolphins <laughs> wait, did offensively. Wait, wait, <laughs> clarification. So yeah. People are going to be confused. They usually stay at the ho same hotel in separate he can't. rooms. He's got to stay but with the peasants now. But now it's all booked because Mina took the one room left. Selfish. Okay, carry it's on. A, she comes, weekend, she comes to Connecticut for the first time forever, and now it's, she's got to take your hotel. As she should. Go ahead. Um, I liked a lot of the things that the Dolphins did offensively. I thought Tua was really decisive. That being said, my biggest takeaway from this game is I don't know the last time I saw an organization that is that as good as New England look so unprepared for yeah. a football game. Offensively, there's no plan. There looks like there's no preparation. They ran three different plays, okay? So I run this first play. They ran those things four different times. So this play, I ran it four times. Then this play, I ran it four times. Then this play, I ran it four times. All within the first 50 snaps of the game. They were in the same play three times in the first 11 offensive snaps. Like, there's, That's good. There's, That's not good. The quarterback is... <laughs> The quarterback's get into the line of scrimmage. The spacing of their pass game. There's a play that there, there's, there's a swing, back, swing route to the back and there's shallow cross and sit all within like seven yards of each other. That's the, it's teams that we make fun of usually offensively. Yeah. That's not an organization that's run that way. The quarterback has absolutely no answers with protection. He's getting his head beat in because nobody's on the same play. It was in the preseason. Now, I don't know... I'm shocked that the Patriots look this dysfunction on offense. The thing was so confusing when the safety blitz. Uh, yeah. Off the left edge. Yeah, and I'm like, how does Mac Jones? The sack fumble. But they turn that way. Mac Jones is good at. The offensive line turns that way, but the tackle and the guard go. Hey, Bill will fix it. He'll call offensive plays. Listen, let me Maybe get to this. Should. Let me get to this Miami Dolphins defense because I, I want to give them credit. We knew the Patriots offense wasn't going to be good. 
minus everybody telling us it was fine, Bill was the head yeah. coach. But this 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 blitz package from Miami was already a very difficult got? thing what to travel. So you shimmy the middle linebacker up. Now you dictate protection. Right. The guard, center guard, is saying squeeze yep, yep. right now. But that communication yep. is not happening on the left side of the line of scrimmage. So Brown gets caught in no man's land, which he, which he should be squeezing down and allowing the outside rusher because you have time to get rid of the ball. But oh my goodness, um, this was a sack, but it would have been an interception. Because when you see that linebacker drop out late, all that was to dictate protection, now I'm dropping out late. That was going to be Mac Jones' hot route coming across the middle. Yeah, the shallow. And it was, it was, going, great to, it was going to be intercepted. So not only did they not look prepared, they had to deal with one of the better blitz packages in the NFL week one. And they should know it. It's yeah. a divisional opponent, yeah. man. Right. Woo! Yeah. Okay, well, and to put this in context, right, historically, guys, the one. Patriots, seven points. <laughs> their fewest in the season opener since 2003 when they were shut out by the Bills. Hey, keep working. We got more. It's time. The big men are back! Look at this shuffle. shuffle. Y'all, it's been so long, and I had to wait all offseason. That's why I hate preseason games, because big men were making plays, and now we can really get to it. BMB is back, 2022-2023 edition, and I'm starting off with a bang. And we got new towels. Towels! This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. NFL Live is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. What's coming, Swagoo? Tell us. That BMB, you already hey. know, finna give you all I got. It's the best segment on television. Let me introduce y'all to the big fellas that made plays on Sunday. All you doing is saying, where did he come from? Morgan Spears Jr. with the rim club. Go get the quarterback. Big man be balling. My big fellas inspired me this year. I dropped some LBs, but I'm still a big dog. Y'all thought it was going to leave? BMB is back 2022-2023. Let's get this thing popping right now. We going to start with return of the Mac. I told him it was going to be a problem lining up across from Joey Bosa. He gets hell. He still gets a sack fumble on Derek Carr. Derek Carr like, damn, this should have still been my teammate. But he's not. He's going to the Chargers so they can try to win a Super Bowl. Because if you don't have two, you're through in the AFC West. Khalil Mack is back. Some, something about that California sunshine make you ball out your mind. Welcome back, big fella. Ooh. Boogie, I apologize for this because I got to call somebody else Boogie. Man. Boogie, bash him. Get your hands up. <laughs> this is what I love when we show feats of athleticism. I got one problem. 
Ain't no way in hell Matthew Stafford was supposed to uh, tackle us. But I get it. We still got footwork to go on. We got a lot of drills when we get back to practice. It's a phenomenal play. If it ain't picked by him, it's picked by Evans. So we might as well pick it because we D-lineman and we big men balling. Last but not least, Lord have mercy, somebody get this man a bag, back up a Brinks truck, <laughs> do anything you can to keep Jeffrey Simmons in Tennessee. He's a bright spot. First of all, work through the double team, find a quarterback. Second of all, get the hands off, man. Find a quarterback. Don't touch me, man. I got to get a sack fumble. I'm trying to get my money. And last but not least, oh, I play the run too. Somebody better block him. They didn't. Saquon, you had a good game, but not this play. Jeffrey Simmons is a grown man. I'm going to name him Hemothy Johnson III. He is him. BMB, week one, Mr. Addition. Hey, coming hard your this towel. year. Even though we a little bit smaller, we still some ballers. Oh, you're right. You went up with it. Week you look one. good to strut. Yo, I ain't even sweating like I, that. I know, you're not. The, you, you have like a nice little sheen, but it's not a real sweat. I'm going to use this when I hit the peloton. Dan, this wouldn't wipe enough sweat off of you. Dan's like drenched anytime he's on the peloton. That's what I said when you work hard, man. Okay. All right, well, I like these. Thanks I'm for the towels. Yep. New on NFL Live, you, you guys. Peyton and Eli are back on ESPN2 tonight. And check out this yes list. You do not want to miss it. You got Saquon Barkley. You got Joel McHale and Shannon Sharp. All great guests tonight on ESPN2. Remember, of course, Monday Night Football on ESPN, ABC, ESPN Deportes, but you can get Peyton and Eli on ESPN2. So, Russ There's a cool specimen, those three guys. Yeah. Saquon, Shannon Sharp, and Joel McHale. <laughs> I know. And just workout warriors. We'll be watching both. Uh, Russ returns to Seattle, you oh. guys, where he is the team's all-time leader in wins, passing yards, and passing on, touchdowns. Russ. His nine playoff wins are more than all other quarterbacks in Seahawks history combined. Right. He helped lead Seattle to its first Super Bowl title in team history back in 2013. Wilson's opponent in that game was the Broncos, who he's going to suit up for tonight. Mina, you know, I I've been thinking about you in the lead-up to this. You are a resident Seahawks fan. Tonight's going to be a little weird for you. We're about three hours away from kickoff. What are your emotions? Uh -huh. <laughs> 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 Russ returning. Isn't this welcome, what, welcome to purgatory. Isn't this what widows wear? <laughs> <laughs> like an Italian widow? <laughs> That's me. So glamorous. Um, emotions, <laughs> emotions are fine. Uh, look, I, I'm not delusional. I, I think Denver's going to win. But I also think uh, Seattle's defense, while a bit undermanned, certainly relative to Denver, well, they know the things that tend to give Russ trouble, the things that we've seen over the sure. last couple of the years. Take away the deep parts of the field. He attempts more deep passes than any quarterback in the NFL last year, and that's been a consistent theme. Um, and try to force him to get frustrated and force that ball downfield to DK Metcalf when it's not there. Dare the Broncos to run the ball, which I suspect they will have some willingness to do unless Russell Wilson really wants to air that thing out week one. To me, that's your, the best hope you have as the Seahawks defense because, like I said, they are outmatched in terms of the Broncos skill players Russell and their corners. Yeah. But if they can force Russell to make some mistakes, emotions are mm. high, maybe they can keep it close. You're picking the Broncos. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, All yes. right. You want to give us a score and then, Dan, you get to go. Um, a million to one? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got here? Uh, you said 28 to 17, yeah, 20, that, apparently. That, yeah, that's actually – well, that's covering. Yeah, that feels about right to me. Okay, go I ahead, Dan. I took the Broncos 27-9. I want to see Russell wow. settle in. Nathaniel Hackett is a play caller. Nine. Nathaniel Hackett is a play caller. You got to settle him in quickly. Broncos okay. by 50. Okay. 
Wow. And I'm telling you, I'm not even thinking about Russ. Russ gonna play well. This Broncos defense is what suffocating, man. About. I want to see uh, Patrick Sertan versus DK. Yeah, it'll be some. I think it'll be some turnovers. Okay. All right. Yep. Uh, I'm picking the Broncos too. And I said 24 to 17. I love it. I know. I mean, what? Are, I mean, listen. Well, you if are. you know about the NFL live curse, then that means maybe the Seahawks are winning. But either way, the Broncos are oh, no. six point favorite. Hey, new on NFL Live. Here's Russell Wilson arriving. Ooh, they winning. There. Look at that. They're gonna win the game. Got the right. What? It would. Jay's so on. funny if they did it. I know, right? <laughs> Hang in there, man. Oh, I love it, Mia. Hey, we'll be back tomorrow the with Minnesota Live. You Oscars? don't want to miss. Ryan Clark joins us. We'll be packed That's up in here. And we'll cap it all off for you then. Enjoy Monday Night Football tonight. <laughs>